This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. The title of today's podcast is Surviving in a Law Enforcement Marriage. And we have with us today Tim Falk. He's the clinical director, Val Leaps. And we also have Wendy Jay, the wife of retired officer of Dothan Police Department, David Jay, 31-year career. And we have Christine Heath, the wife of recently retired Lieutenant Scott Heath, 32-year career. So, Tim, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you, Keith. Christine Heath and Wendy Jay, thank you all for coming and being part of this. You know, one of the, the biggest challenges that I see in the years I've done this is not the guy, as much the guys in the field, it's when they come home. And so what I'd like for both of you to do, and Christine, you can start, is what were some of the challenges that you faced when Scott was working? Okay, when he come home from that rough shift, and when do you as well, when, when uh, Christine gets through, I, I really want to hear from your perspective, not only the challenges, but how in the world did y'all survive? <laughs> um, one day at a time is how we survived. We always knew that what they did was a difficult job. So what we wanted them to do when they came home was decompress. If that meant sitting in front of a video game, granted, they were pretty new when we first got married, but you know, sitting in front of a video game for a couple of hours just doing mindless stuff, unwind, because to be quite honest, I don't know how David was, but Scott didn't talk about it a whole lot coming home. There, there are things that they just don't bring home to the wives because they don't want the wives to deal with what they're dealing with. Thank you. Um, I would say um, a lot of times I just kind of forgot where he worked. I knew what he did. I knew what it involved. But when he was at work, he was just at work. I um, didn't think much about that he was pulling over somebody who may have a gun or going to a homicide and seeing, you know, a dead body or whatever. But once he came home, David, a little bit opposite of Scott, he um, he did tell me a lot. And there's a lot of things that I can't unsee. Um, I, I, I've seen and heard a lot of stories, and you watch some of the detective shows and whatever, and it's like, um, we really know what that is for real, and that really isn't real. What we've seen is real. Um, so he's confided a lot in me, but I would just sit and listen. There would be a lot of times that I would sit and listen and not hear, just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other, just to let him get it off his chest. Um, you know, but um, there was, you know, just like one crazy thing as far as to be able to be a part of his world, not meaning to, finding um, rolls of film, go and develop my sweet little children's birthday parties and whatever, and come across a stick. Honey, what's this stick? Oh, that's a bone. Oh, okay, moving on. <laughs> um, but so David did talk a lot. He really did um, talk a lot. Um, he enjoyed being with the kids. But probably for my survival mode was to just pretend that he was just at work, just another day at the job. He's going to work and, you know, pray that he's coming home. You know, so a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. Yep. You brought it up, uh, Wendy, and, and I want y'all to kind of address this too, because uh, I know both of you have children. Yes. Looking over the 30 plus years that you both had, I know you had to be mom and dad at times because Scott was gone or David was gone. 
How were y'all able to adjust to that? Because I know we have some young wives out here that their husbands are, or wives are just getting into law enforcement. What's some advice you would give them as far as not only your own self-care, but how you interact with the children as well? Well, I literally, we just would pack up and go and do. I'd get a little infuriated with the women out there. I'm a single mom. Like, oh, I'm a single mom and have to deal with a husband, too. So, you know, I don't have any pity for you. But um, we just planned our day, planned our life, and we would just get up and go. I had no family here locally. So for 17 years before any family got here, I pretty much did it all by myself. Um, The one thing that I do... um, give advice to the new spouses is don't hold your spouse's job against them like a lot of movies we watched an old 80s like 48 hours movie um eddie murphy and the girlfriend was just mad because the cop in the movie wasn't coming home or he missed a date or he missed lunch or that's his job that's where your money's coming from he's your breadwinner you know I think that's where a lot of people, they get mad because, oh, my, I can't, um, I'm not coming home. Well, it's not like he doesn't want to come home. It's just duty calls, and you knew what he was getting into when you started. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of portrayal in the movies in Hollywood that, you know, the cop just doesn't want to come home and the spouse is home mad. But just do not hold their job against them. They're doing what they have to do. Yeah, thank you, Wendy. Christine. She's right. That, that's the biggest problem is you, you can't hold it against him. You, my mindset was, okay, he's going to be working. He worked third shift, which meant he worked 11 to 7. He came home. He had to get some sleep before he went back the next night because you want him fresh for what they're doing. You want him alert. So it became, with three kids, it was your mom, dad, whatever. When date night came about, I can't count the number of times we made plans and plans got canceled because he'd get called out for something. So you just go with the flow. If you get mad about every little thing like that as, as you're going through this wonderful life of law enforcement spousing, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. So it's, it's, you just keep going. When they're home, make the most of them being home. When they're gone, don't hold it against them. You said stuff I think is key, and that's um... – the date night, and I'm glad you addressed it because I think one of the things that a lot of the, the young spouses nowadays is they so much want to be with their their loved one, and, that, and that's great. But I think sometimes they don't really understand the importance of when you're on call, you're on call. Right. And something majorly goes down, they're going to get called. You, you addressed it some, but kind of expound on it for these young spouses. What happens when you set the date up? You and Scott set a date up, or when do you and David set a date up? And you had all these plans made, and the pager goes off or the phone goes off, and you're sitting there candlelit supper all by your lonesome. I will give you a prime example. We were in the car going to our dinner reservation, because you had to make a reservation for this particular date night. And his phone goes off, and it's a bomb call out. And hello, there he goes. And unfortunately, he didn't have time to go to the house, get his gear, and go back out. The guys brought it when they came in, and I sat out in the car while they did what they had to do. I mean, that's just... So it's a date night you'll always remember. It's a date night I will always remember. (laughs) Good deal. Wendy? Um, There's so many, it's hard to... um, even think of any one but you just 
pick up and carry on. I mean, if it's, we didn't plan a whole lot of date nights, really, but, um, you know, um, but if it was a family event or what have you, you know, we would just continue doing what we were doing. Um, there's you know, a couple of Thanksgiving dinners that he left in the middle of it or Easter, whatever. We were pretty fortunate through Christmases until our girls' older years, but there was like... You know, one Christmas that um, Santa Claus came to visit and David wasn't there. But, we, you know, we carried on with our tradition and, you know, just did what we did. And as soon as he got there, then we would pick up as if nothing happened. But you just you just smile through the pain and just keep on going. Keep on keeping on. A couple of things I want to mention here for all the spouses that are listening or watching. If you have a question... If you would like some more support, uh, some correspondence, we actually have uh, some material that we would love to send you. So you can email us at Podcast. that's A-L-L-E-A-P-S, podcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at alleaps.org. And you can find us on Facebook where these podcasts, and we encourage the spouses to share these podcasts. So you can find us on Facebook at Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support. That's Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support. And again, please share this so other spouses can be encouraged. This is a tough, tough commitment, and there's a lot of help and support that we want to offer in this organization. Tim, could you also share real quick about, you know, you've mentioned these new spouses of of law enforcement. What are some other things that you would counsel if they came in and sat down in your office? I would refer them to Christine and Wendy. (laughs) No, I think the thing is, is realize this, and I tell the guys that are out there too and the spouses, you know, and if I ask Christine and I ask Wendy and I ask David and Scott, the number one priority for those guys that are out here doing this law enforcement, their number one priority is their family. Okay, The only problem is when we get so focused on our family, we forget what our family really is. You know, Our family is our spouse. And what normally happens those times that we can really set aside to spend with our spouse, we spend time doing other things. And I tell all these young spouses, you know, let there be no doubt, you know, if I talk to David Jay or, or Scott Heath, their first day on the job, they would say their number one priority is their family. Only problem is that they forgot it during their 30 years of law enforcement because, number one, they're human. And number two, their family of brothers and sisters at work became their family. And one of the things I will always try to back up and say is don't forget where your real family is. Mm-hmm. And I, I see the, both these ladies nodding their heads, so I'm going to let them address that too. Because that is the biggest thing that I see from the clinical perspective is most everybody out here – Now I'll tell you, my, my number one priority is my family. I will tell you this, one of the things if I'm not careful that I will neglect is my family mm-hmm. because I will replace them with my pseudo-family. Christine, Wendy, I'll let y'all close and give us some hints on that. It, it's not so much that they replace, it's just an extension of. Mm-hmm. And Wendy and I were very fortunate in when, when our husband started this, uh, there, there was a, for lack of a better word, there was a true brotherhood amongst mm-hmm. all the guys. We would, when they were off, this, the guys would all get together, we'd do grill outs, we'd have Halloween parties, just all sorts of stuff that we would do together. So it wasn't so much that it was a, a, a them and an us as far as the families went. It was blended. We all did that. And somewhere along the way, the bigger the department got, 
the more shifts came about, um, that kind of went away with the department. So it was, that's when it became more difficult, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word. And you just, just like we said earlier, you go with the flow. You remind them, but you go with the flow. And there's an easy way to remind them. It is. <laughs> Wendy. Um, yes. Like Christine said, it really is like the family becomes blended, you know, a bigger family, um, the different cookouts, family gatherings. Um, David sang in a gospel quartet. So that family of police officers and our, our families became really, really close knit. Um, and just, you know, having a larger family, our family in blue. Um, so I don't ever feel like David replaced our family, mm -hmm. um, but he did spend more time with his other family, you know, and um, we were there. But our family, our girls were really proud that their dad was a cop. They kind of wore that as their own badge of honor. So we really lifted David up, I think, a lot in his career. We didn't, you know, back to that, we didn't hold anything against him. We understood. I mean, there were a few times that like Ashley had to give him some grief because he wouldn't get out of bed for something. And she's like, there's a family who'd rather have their daddy alive and you're here with us, so come and be with us. But oh, yeah, you know, so we'd have to do some of those gentle reminders, but um, it's just staying close to your family, remind you, you know, you as the family, let your law enforcement officer know you love them and you appreciate the job they do and um, that you understand what they do is difficult and you know very stressing but then also as the law enforcement officer remind your family that you do love them you are there for them as well um, and that law enforcement family will be there for you um, the two or three times we ever need anything like the rest oh, of the yeah. I mean they all came you know guns loaded ready to go to take care of our family in a time of need so you know it's a big family you just got to embrace the whole you know picture the whole you know everybody is one big family you know and that's what the law enforcement community needs to be again as a family with their families i'm glad y'all re replaced with the word i used a replace because i think that's where we got from the brotherhood to where we are in, in, in the blue culture now is everything got replaced rather than seeing that it was a connection yeah and uh, so I, I set you ladies it's, up. It's not an either or. It's not. Mm -mm. It's not. And, and and that's the thing I think, you know, my first call was February of 1973, which is David J. was eight years Eddie, old Eddie when I ran my first call. <laughs> and I think the thing is I have seen in, in my, 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 my career is we were a family at one time. Mm -hmm. And somehow that family got replaced with something that was really not healthy whatever that was. And I think that what I'd like for us to do is kind of transition as, as we get our next segment. We're going to be talking about retirement. And so, Keith, I'm going to throw it back over to you and let you kind of bring it to a close for us. Thank you, ladies, for being with us today. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you have any questions, you can go to alleavespodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, alleaves.org. And you can find us on Facebook at Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for peer support. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Keith Frith. 